0: Good morning. In case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. I don't know if you know where that's from or not, but for every high school student, not every high school student, the first high school student, the first junior high student, and the first younger than junior high student, to give me the name of the movie that that was quoted from, you have to email it to me, so you have to find my email address as well. So it's a little bit of a challenge little bit of a scavenger hunt for you this morning. But the first one to email me with the answer to which movie that was from, and to tell me where your favorite fast food place is or ice cream place is, there'll be a special treat in the mail for you. Here we are again. It's morning time, and we're gathered in our living rooms or around the city to hear from God, either through the Word— or from an encouragement, maybe a story that I tell. But we're also here to worship God and to give him the honor and glory that he deserves. Just this past week, I was in Huntington Beach with TJ and we were having dinner. And TJ commented on somebody's hat. It said, Jesus lives, I think it said, um, or Jesus saves. And he commented on this guy's hat and immediately I felt the interruption that was to take place. I knew what was coming. And the guy said, can I come sit with you? In the culture we live in, that's a little bit uneasy because we're at a dinner table, but he came and sat with us. And he had been having dinner and maybe enjoying some spirits. Parents, I'll let you explain that to your children. But he started to talk to us and his hat made more and more sense the more the story he told. But see, at first I was kind of taken aback. Like this guy was sitting with us at a table where we were talking about ministry and different things, and he inserted his own life into ours, and he began to talk about Jesus and how Je- what Jesus meant to him and how Jesus had saved his life. And he invited his friends to join us as well, which was a little uncomfortable. There were three of them. And one of them, actually, he confessed, did not know Jesus. In fact, he was engaged in a lifestyle that wasn't conducive for him to really... Um, believe in Jesus, or at least that's what he thought. And so we sat there with these four people and shared life. They shared their story, where they were from, and what was going on in their lives. It was an interesting moment. First, God had to break down some barriers for me to hear what they were telling me, to hear what he was telling me through them. Those barriers had to be broken down as I got to know them in order for me to hear from God that these people are just doing their best with what they've been given. It takes me back to another story. We were on inner city outreach and we entered a park to talk to people and someone who was very high on drugs, very, very heavy drugs, approached us. And it was a little bit, we were a little bit nervous about it because this man had been fighting with and arguing with one of his friends and it was very aggressive. And now his friend had left, and it was just him, and he spoke to us in very confusing language. We didn't understand everything that he was telling us, and we assumed it was the drug speaking, and I had already formed an opinion in my mind that he was not going to say anything that made sense to me, that nothing in this moment we could say would get through to him with the love of Christ, which is what we were there for. And as we interacted with him, it got more and more apparent to me, and I started getting more and more uncomfortable. And then he had to go. He had a court appointment. He had to be in court for something, and he had to leave. And he said, before I leave, I know you're from a church group. Can I pray for you? Now, remember, up to this point, nothing had really made sense to us. Uh, He was arguing and fighting with his friend, and he was telling us things that didn't make sense to us in the culture we live in, because... He lived in a completely different culture. First of all, he was homeless. Secondly, he was very high on drugs, and we had not experienced what he had experienced in life. He was headed to a court appointment where he could end up in jail or prison afterwards. Not something we had experienced. And he said, can I pray for you? And we said, sure. And he started praying. And I will tell you the most amazing thing happened. Everything he prayed made sense. He was praying in the spirit. He was praying scripture. And his tone changed, his words changed, and his sentence structure changed, and everything he said made sense. And God spoke to me in both of those things, dinner at Huntington Beach, as well as that park on inner city outreach, that he's doing things in people's lives that doesn't look the same as what it looks like in my life or in my culture or where I'm at. And I've continued to explore that, and recently I came upon Acts 10. And in study of Acts 10, an amazing thing happens. Paul is like one of my favorite apostles. But the more I've studied Peter, I think the more I can relate to him. So this morning I want to read from Acts 10, 44. While Peter was still saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. And the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles. I want to take you back just a little bit to tell you the story of Acts 10. First, we have Cornelius. And Cornelius is at home and he is unexpectedly visited by an angel of the Lord. And Cornelius says, immediately responds to the Lord and says, yes, Lord, what do you need? And the Lord tells him to send for Peter in Joppa, who's staying at the house of Simon the Tanner on the seaside. And Cornelius says, okay, I'm going to do that. So we have in Acts 7, and eight is we have an act of obedience from Cornelius who has an appearance from the Lord who says, send for Peter. And then uh, the story goes, that Peter, we see Peter and what's going on in Peter's life at that time and Peter has just brought back, healed two people, brought back two people from the dead and he is now at the house of Simon the Tanner and we don't know exactly what he's doing there. I haven't studied that. I don't know exactly what he's doing there. I don't think it was vacation. If it was, it was a working vacation because Peter is praying. He goes up to pray and he's also uh, still speaking about Jesus to people. We see that. And so, he goes up to pray, and Peter, in the midst of this, he he kind of falls into a trance, and the Lord gives him a vision. A sheet comes down with all types of meat on it, all types of animals. And Peter, in that moment, uh, was waiting for food. So, maybe that was a little bit what maybe he thought was going on. And The Lord said, Peter, here's food, kill and eat. And Peter said, no, Lord, I can't do that. See, that was against cultural norms. That was against religious norms of the time for a Jewish person to eat unclean meat. And so Peter said, no, Lord, I can't do that. This happens three times, and then the sheet ascends to heaven, and Peter uh, awakes. At that time, the voice of the Lord says, Peter, there are men coming coming from the household of Cornelius, meet them, and go with them. Now, Peter has a choice to make. Is this my hunger speaking? Is this the Lord speaking? What's going on? Uh, But he quickly, as the people from Cornelius' household show up, uh, he goes with them. And they arrive at Cornelius' house. So what we have here, what we see here, is Cornelius listened to God. Cornelius did listen to God and he sent people to Peter. And then in Acts 10, 21 and 23, we see that Peter did listen to God and went with them. Now when Peter arrives at Cornelius' house, Cornelius had invited others over. So Cornelius did invite others into what God was doing. So Peter shows up at Cornelius' house. There's a lot of things wrong with this scenario. Culturally and religiously, you have a Jewish person at the house of a Gentile. Now, that alone doesn't seem like that big of a deal in our culture, but in their culture, it was very, very different. Peter knocks on the door, and Peter has a choice. Does he enter the home of Cornelius, or does he stick to culture, to the religious and cultural norms that he has seen? or that he has grown up with and experienced. Peter makes the choice to enter the home. Peter crossed the threshold. So we see that Peter did cross the threshold. What happened when Peter entered the home is very, very important to us in our culture. This is the application I want to give you. Jesus had sent Peter, God had sent Peter to Cornelius' home as a response to Cornelius' invitation. Peter walks in and says, you know it's not right for me to be here with Gentiles, in the home of a Gentile. So what does Peter do once he's in the home? Peter did preach Jesus. So here's the scenario. Cornelius, a Gentile, Peter, a Jew, Peter has brought people with him, Cornelius has invited people over, and you have a household full of people, very diverse home full of people. And Peter begins to preach Jesus. Now I want to pause right there just for a minute, because I want to go back to our culture and where we're at. I know you've heard a lot about COVID, I know you've heard a lot about ever-changing rules and regulations surrounding all of this. I want to challenge our thinking just a little bit this morning. Now I have really paraphrased this story. (laughs) I would encourage you, challenge you, in many ways, as a family, as a couple, as an individual or with friends, to go back and read Acts 10 um, and to really take to heart what God is trying to tell you through this story. I know what he's trying to tell me. In the culture we're in, in the days we're living in, it is very, very difficult to know how to experience God or how to share God with other people. We can't do this online thing anymore, I've heard people say. We can't do this stay-at-home thing anymore, I've heard people say. We can't do this eating-only-outdoors thing. We can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. Now I have laid out for you in Acts 10 very much what people did to respond to God. I encourage you to start thinking about what Cornelius did, what Peter did. And to start thinking about what Cory did. And insert your name in that, what you did or what you can do. Because God is very much alive in these times. God is very much active in these times we find ourselves in, in person or here, online. So, what's the challenge in the culture we live in? There's going to come a time where the church doors open to regular services, where there are no reservations and no limits, where there's no threat of this virus. There's going to come a time where that happens. And when we get to that time, we're going to find ourselves in a world, and even perhaps now, we find ourselves in a world of people who need Jesus. Suicide rates are on the rise. Killings, death by gunfire is on the rise in New York City. I just heard that this morning. The world we live in, there are people anxious. There are people um, hurting. There are people who don't have the hope, maybe that you and I have, in Jesus Christ. And at some point, we're going to find ourselves at a cultural or religious threshold. Like Peter did when he got to Cornelius' home. And we're going to have to say, we're going to cross that threshold and preach Jesus. However we can. This isn't the most comfortable environment for me to open the word of God for you. Speaking to a camera, I, I don't... I don't get a lot of energy out of that. Seeing your faces, seeing you respond, smile, nod, that gives me a lot of energy. But I still want to be here to challenge you. I still want to be here and cross the threshold of the virtual church service to say, God has a word for you today that's gonna change your life. You may be caught up in some of the negativity You may be caught up in some of the politics of things going on. Are you preaching Jesus? Are you crossing thresholds? Religious, cultural. Are you growing in your faith? Are you learning? Because if you're not, you're limiting God. Peter chose not to do that. Peter crossed the threshold. There's a world of hurting people out there that need Jesus. You and I are the chosen broken vessels to bring the good news of Jesus Christ to people. And sometimes we exclude people. When I sat down at dinner, I immediately excluded Brian from the conversation. I didn't want the interruption. When I went into that park on inner city outreach, I immediately excluded him from the conversation because he didn't make sense. I didn't think that he could comprehend what we had to bring, Jesus. And God changed my heart, God changed my mind. I chose to sit down at that table and allow Brian to join us, I crossed that threshold. I chose to enter that park and have that conversation, and that's the choice I made, that God was calling me to make, and then God used those people to change my mind and my heart. Now, what, what did Peter not do? Peter didn't, and we see this in Acts 10, 34 and 35, Peter didn't stand at the doorway and peek in to see who was there. To take the temperature of the room, if you will. To see what cultures were represented. To see how many Gentiles were in the room. To see how many Jewish people were in the room. To see how many people that maybe were challenged in life. How many sinners were in the room. How many saints were in the room? How many people like him were in the room? How many people who weren't like him were in the room? Peter didn't stand at the door and assess what was going on in that room. We do, and we invite people in according to cultural and religious norms. No, Peter didn't do that. He crossed the threshold and he preached Jesus. That brings me up to our verses for today, and it says while Peter was still saying these things, he was still preaching the life of Jesus, something amazing happened. The Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word. Cornelius' obedience to invite Peter, Peter's obedience to go, and then Peter's obedience to actually cross the threshold of cultural and religious norms and preach Jesus, tell about all that Jesus had been doing, This made all the difference and the Holy Spirit fell on those who were present. And in many scholarly places that I've read this week and many uh, things that I've read this week, it describes this as the Gentile Pentecost, the first time in scripture where we see the Holy Spirit poured out on Gentiles. Because of what Peter did and also because of what Peter did not do, We see many come to Christ. I want to challenge you, and I want you to think about this in every aspect of your life. Maybe when you're going to work, I don't know where you work or who you work with. Maybe when you're eating outdoors in that restaurant, look around and see who's there. Maybe when you're in line at Starbucks, you have the opportunity to engage in conversation, And to tell people about Jesus, or to live out Jesus for people. And changes can come. When our doors to this building open again, we need to make sure that everybody's invited and everybody's included. Now that's not to say that they haven't always been. That's not what I'm saying at all. But whoever shows up and crosses the threshold of their cultural norm to enter into our religious norm, we need to welcome them in the name of Jesus. First, they need to experience an invitation. Now's a great time because there is no threat to tell them, hey, here's the link to watch our Sunday services online. They can receive that invitation and from the comfort of their own home or their own telephone in whatever park they're in, they can hear the gospel message of Jesus Christ preached. They can hear the challenges that we face as a congregation Invite them to your Facebook page or your Instagram page. Invite them to the church's website, to the church's Facebook page, or many Instagram pages that we have. Invite them to Vimeo and YouTube and all the platforms we use right now to reach this world, this community for Jesus Christ. That simple invitation, that simple crossing of that threshold by you a complete stranger that you had a conversation with six feet away from them in line at Save Mart and said, hey, our church is doing a great thing and you if you don't have a place to be, you should be a part of it. We spend a lot of time complaining as a culture, complaining about politics, complaining about what we can't do, complaining about how things look or appear and how much better we can do them. All we're doing is standing in the way of God and what he wants to accomplish through us in the ways that he's given us to accomplish that. So I want to issue another challenge. In your life, every aspect of your life, what do your children see? What What does your spouse see? What do your friends see? What are those people who don't know you very well but have you on Facebook or Instagram? or on any other social media platform, Twitter, what do they see? Are you crossing thresholds and preaching Jesus? Or are you standing in the way of that happening? I wanna challenge you. Acts 10 challenged me in a very big way. Peter challenges me in a very big way. That when I look at people, I need to see opportunity. Opportunity to to get to know them better and find out where they're at. Opportunity to understand what their cultural and religious norms might be. Opportunity to invite them in to what is going on in my life and around me. What I don't want to do is not do something because it's not normal for me. I don't want to be prevented by my culture from preaching Jesus. I don't want to be prevented from anybody within my religion, my relationship with Jesus, to preach Jesus. Wherever you're at, you have an opportunity to experience cultural revolution. You have an opportunity to invite people to what God's doing in your life and through your church. I challenge you. To look at those places in your life. This has been a difficult, difficult season for many, many people. Nearly everyone. In some way, difficulty has come upon everyone. There are people in our church that even when these doors open back up, they won't come to church. They're either elderly or they have immunity problems. They're immunocompromised. And they just can't risk it. We need to love them. There are people in our community that are hurting without Jesus. They're hurting without Jesus. The amount of mental, emotional, social, physical and spiritual disorders that are on the rise is amazing. And we have the answer. And many times we're talking about the things that we don't like instead of the God we love. As we sing this song, I pray that you were challenged by this morning's message. Next week, John will be here, we'll be in Esther. This week, read Acts 10. Mm -hmm. Also read Esther, as you were challenged to do earlier, but read Acts 10, together as a family, with your spouse, your children, or with a friend. And see what it is that God's calling you to, how he's speaking to your heart. And whenever you hear from him, don't be afraid. Respond. Go. Cross that threshold. Let's worship him one more time together this morning.